And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Just hitting the frozen pond out here, eh? Just on Christmas Day, maybe after this, get a large double-double from Timmy's. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, December 28th. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Can't wait to tune into that World Junior Championship coverage on TSN Canada Sports Theater. We got the uh, Cookie Monster. Monster? Master, I meant to say, Trey Kirby. <laughs> hey Hey! hey yo. I had a lot of cookies over the last couple days, Trey, and I think yours were my favorite. That's why I wanted oh, to pull Yeah, I know. I love to hear it. Oh, they were delicious. Uh, we got the International Man of Mystery taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee mm. Lee. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team. Thanks for joining us live here on YouTube this morning. Email us your NBA questions and comments. Keep them coming to nodunksattheathletic.com. And go grab yourself some sweet new No Dunks merchandise at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, and an incredible Good Morning Sweet World mug. And task before we get into our NBA weekend winners and losers, we got a fun little uh, new No Dunks contest here, really, at the end of the calendar year. Yes, if you want some free No Dunks swag, we've got a deal to make you, all right? We need you to find our best moments from 2020. If you find one and share it, you get some free gear shipped right to you. It's easy. You just got to follow these steps. First, download the Shuffle Podcast app on your iPhone. Then find No Dunks and create a clip of your favorite 2020 moment from the show. It's real simple to do. I have done it. And lastly, post the clips on Twitter and IG and tag No Dunks Inc. by the end of the year. It's that easy. And if you didn't listen to what I just said or I said it a little too fast, just go to our Twitter account. All the info is there. It's real, real simple. That's it. The app is not available on Android, so don't get mad right now. It's just on uh, iPhone. So search Shuffle Podcast in the App Store right now. It'll come up. Boop, boop. You make a clip uh, and you help us out. It's really that easy. We asked JD to do it uh, in the next five days. Go through our last 300 shows, figure it out. Um, It's it's a little mean to do at the end of the year. So uh, you guys can help us out. And in return... We'll send you a shirt. Could be this one. Could be yeah. another one. We got lots of great stuff. Got some classics even we could send out. The old, right. uh, older No Dunks ones. Yeah. It's like, um, I think, Trey, you said it. It's very TikTok-like, this Shuffle app. Mm. So it's sort of cool. Like Tess said, you just find the No Dunks podcast within the Shuffle app, and then you can make this like a little clip, TikTok-ish-like, for mm-hmm. audio, and then you can share it out. So yeah, go have some fun with that, and you can get a free t-shirt out of it. Yeah, Why good not? luck choosing between all of the classic moments. Yeah. I don't want anybody to put a single clip in there until they've listened to every single <laughs> moment of this show so they can know that they're putting in the best moments. We yeah. want the best moments. Yeah, right. and the, the best thing is you get to download TikTok without downloading TikTok. Because once you download <laughs> TikTok, man, you could scroll for years on yeah. that thing. It's just, it's, it's infinite scrolling, infinite funnies, but I don't, I don't want to touch it. But this is exactly like it. <laughs> Four pods. 
It's yeah. good stuff. That's pretty neat. Okay, so it was upset Sunday in the NBA. We had some weird uh, outcomes. Uh, we had the Nets and the Bucks and the 76ers all losing. We had a lot of games on this weekend, 10 on Saturday, uh, 10 on Sunday. We usually on Monday hit you with some weekend winners and losers, and we're going to continue to do that. It's a nice way to sort of touch on a lot of things. And Tass, we'll start with the winners from, again, the NBA weekend. Who do you want to focus in on, team, player, whatever that happened? Where are you going? I want to start with James Harden because his team lost, but he won. Because <laughs> everybody was worried about James Harden. What kind of shape is this guy in? He's going to parties. They're putting up the Rick Ross meme. That That's James Harden. He's, he's looking a little girthy out there. He comes in and drops 44 points <laughs> on 22 shots. And I think it, it just elevates his trade value to what it should be for mm. a, a superstar player. Because people have been questioning what is or the Houston Rockets, I should say, going to get in return for James Harden. Well, he expanded his list of trade destinations to Portland and the Celtics <laughs> this weekend. According to The Athletic, the list is growing. Yeah. People thought James Harden's belly was growing. Well, the list uh, of teams that he wants to go to is growing. Now it's Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, and Portland, if you're keeping track. And when he goes out there in his first game after the Houston Rockets' first game was suspended because they didn't have enough players, and drops 44 and looks amazing on 22 shots with 17 assists, tying his career high, playing 43 minutes, uh, which is you know a good amount of minutes yep. for a guy who is quote-unquote not in shape, although he did say his conditioning could be better. Uh, he, he kicked ass. <laughs> he really kicked ass well, in 16 free throws, 6 of 13 from 3. He's playing to get dealt, although he kind of speaks out of both sides of his mouth because he's talking about the future of the Houston Rockets and how Christian Wood was great out there with 31 points. Whatever. He wants to get dealt, and he's doing himself a favor by doing so. And right. I don't know what you guys thought, but how how much better could he possibly look in this game where <laughs> he showed up to camp, wasn't in shape, and he kind of just changes the narrative from, oh, the Houston Rockets have everybody out. They had six guys out in this game because of the coronavirus, whether they tested positive or because of contact tracing. And then he, he just changes the narrative to, oh, James Harden's a freaking MVP. So they lose to the Blazers, but who cares? The, the conversation is about how good James Harden is right now. Yeah, he is an offense unto himself. <laughs> it was a nice reminder. They're like, oh, yeah, he's uh, an elite, elite scorer. He had wicked chemistry with Christian Wood, too. Uh, a lot of, like, nice alley-oops to, to set up Wood, just to set him up in the dunker spot. Yeah, I, I mean, he's not going to be there for the long haul, I don't think. James Harden's going to be traded, but you're right, Taz. He's a winner in the sense that, like, for the Rockets even, like, it's just a nice reminder of the rest of the league if you had forgotten for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, this guy's uh, one of the best in the game. <laughs> That's going to help what you get back in return if he continues to want to be traded. So I'm with you. Despite, you know, the loss, the Blazers, were they were desperate for a win. And McCollum sort of was Harden-like himself, hitting, you know, a lot of threes and big shots and going for 44, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I had Harden on my short list for an NBA weekend winner, too, Lili. Yeah, it was great. It was a great game, actually, too. This was a yeah. very fun game. Came right down to the wire there. But yeah, James Harden, <laughs> it is quite hilarious because coming before he played, we read about how during the season and the power he wielded over the Rockets was like, you know, when if he, if he was in a city that he liked to be in, he would stay overnight and he'd go partying. But then he would go out on the court and drop 60. So no one would really criticize him too much. This time, however, he was coming in noticeably a little bit bigger than normal, but he always carries a little bit of beef. But out on the court, it didn't make any difference. You know, he was still hitting those step backs. He was still shaking his defender, knocking down the three, setting up his teammates, basically saying to everyone, like, I I can basically live both lifestyles here. I can be a party animal and I can go out and play. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that's honestly, that's what it comes down to, though, with James Harden. Because let's say he has a stinker in that game, especially, again, considering he looks a little bit heavier. 
then immediately people are like, this guy doesn't care because he's, he's out of shape and now he's not even trying for his team. So as long as he performs on the court, he keeps that trade value exceptionally high there for Houston. And he competed, he fought. I mean, he's, he's not going to try to just uh, mail in games. They're going to try to win as many games as possible. So credit to him for that. I will say, though, if he does pick up some sort of an injury, you know immediately people are going to point to his conditioning for that. So uh, that's something he has to... He does have to work on that. He has to improve it. But uh, one game... He almost game never in... is injured, though. That's the never oddest never. part it's of true. this whole it's thing. It's true. He's it's very true. durable. Yeah. But uh, for one game, at least, uh, you know, he's he, he sort of silenced a lot of uh, uh, doubters and haters because he performed for his team. I find yeah. the the Boston addition to all the teams kind of interesting, too. Uh I know we can analyze every single team, but Boston is a team that keeps going for superstars, keeps going for them, keeps swinging and missing, and now they don't have that vault of, of trade assets, those draft picks anymore. Those are, are kind of gone. Jason Tatum only four free throws through the first three games of the season. Uh, you know They come up with a bad loss against the Pacers. I don't know what they'd have to, be give, to give up. Jalen Brown is sort of the rumor, but if yeah. the Celtics want to swing... James Harden's available, and he doesn't play the same position as their best player in Jason Tatum. Uh, it just, it just, you know, with Kemba Walker out, it just feels like, yeah, yeah there's something there. I know the Blazers in, is interesting too. It's basically James Harden saying, "Hey, if you're finally willing to give up CJ McCollum, Raphael Stone, my GM, has a deal for you." <laughs> it, it feels like he's just setting it up, but I don't know how many teams he has to keep expanding his <laughs> list to. We're at six. Let's um, get to twenty-nine. That would be exciting. <laughs> I just love it, though. Uh, as the prophecy foretold, it took me exactly one game to be back in on James Harden. The guy just parties for two months, comes back, and is an MVP candidate. I love what uh, Zeke Remorka is saying here in the stream team. I got a Harden from my Christian Wood. What a mix those two are. Christian yeah. Wood looks awesome. He did. James Harden, like, probably the best big guy mix of talents that he has played alongside so far you know Christian Wood was scoring off the rolls from James Harden he was getting the alley-oops in the dunker spot he was making some moves off the dribble he's a pretty good athlete it looks like but he's not just limited to catching and finishing like Clint Capella was or like Dwight Howard was when he wasn't wanting the post touch-ups with Harden it looks like a nice mix uh but I mean how long is Harden gonna be there even in these reports we're getting from Tim McMahon uh during the offseason you would see all these teams that are like yeah it's tough on your team but I don't know if they're making the wrong choice. We might do the exact same thing if James Harden were here, if he's going to come back and give us 44 and 17, despite not caring about training for the season at all. The guy is a lights out offensive player. He raises the floor of your team so high, right? Like, I feel like I have to reevaluate where the Rockets are really going to be this season, because if there's nobody that's going to come up off of a, a major player or a good young player and a treasure trove of draft assets, maybe Harden does stick around in Houston, at least until the offseason again. And if that's the case, whenever John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins come back, it looked like they have a talented team that seems a little bit more like a basketball team than they did last season when they were playing as the pocket Rockets. They just got a little bit more size, a little yeah. bit more athleticism, versatility out there. They could at least be a top six team, I would think, in the Western Conference, assuming Harden sticks around for the entirety of the year. Well, Lee, let me ask you this, because we focus so much on the potential Harden trades with the Nets and maybe the 76ers to some extent. But, you know, Tass said it, like, he's added Boston to the list. You know, the Blazers are there. You know, the Raptors are not on his list, but they've been rumored that they could put together an enticing package. Like, I guess what I'm getting at is, if it was Siakam in Toronto's case, if it was Jalen Brown in Boston's case, if it was like a CJ McCollum in Portland's case, would you 
and I'm asking three questions in one, I get it here, but would you trade those sort of younger, talented guys for the chance to have James Harden on your team? It, that's a great question because Siakam's ceiling, I think, is very high, but he hasn't been living up to it since he signed that big contract apart from his start last season. I don't think Harden fits kind of what Masai Ujiri wants, personally. I think the Raptors are less likely to go after James Harden. I just don't feel it in that sense. Um for the Celtics, I mean, Jalen Brown, he he's on an all-star uh, streak season. Trajectory. Yeah, he, he, he's going to be there. James Harden's clearly a better offensive player. I think Jalen Brown is going to be a much better defensive player throughout his career. Um, there's the there's the issue there with Kemba Walker as well. He's got, he's going to be sort of taking Kemba Walker's minutes. I think he would, if he can get rid of Kemba Walker instead, I think the Celtics do that. I think they would prefer to keep Jalen Brown. And then if you're the, if you're the uh, Blazers... I mean, this Lillard and McCollum backcourt has been very consistent for a long while. It's a good backcourt, but I, I think we know the ceiling for the Blazers is, you know, second round type of stuff. I think they're probably more likely to make that sort of a deal if it's if it's going to come down to one of those teams, just because it's like we know where we're going with the with where we yeah, are right it's now. It's sort of Lowry uh, DeRozan like maybe. Back yeah, it, it, it is right? a little bit like that, and 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 I just sort of feel that, like I say, I don't really see a fit there with the Raptors the way Masai Ujiri has been, yeah. and and I just feel that Jalen Brown and the Celtics, I, I think they're maybe a little bit too um, early to give up on him, if they can maybe instead get rid of Kemba Walker, just because of the position that James Harden plays there. So, yeah. uh, very very tough because again, if James Harden goes out and puts up forties in the next you know, five, ten games, there's teams Teams are going to change their philosophy and then go for it. You know, they, they you will. You say if as if he hasn't been doing it yeah. his entire career. This is not a one-time thing. It's not like James Harden was partying for a week, came back and had no. one good game. He's been partying for 10 years straight <laughs> yeah. and putting up 50 points for weeks at a time. I would be worried at this point in his life if he didn't party. I think he yeah. would actually suck at basketball. <laughs> he wouldn't double up his points per game. He'd be way worse. He's Iverson-like. He's even MJ-like. These guys are just... Oddly built different than the uh, the average person, where they can stay up yeah, all night, it, I, I, no, I, all I, night I, I, smoke I, all night, whatever. I agree that that everything he's done, he basically he basically stuck his finger to every middle finger to everyone and said, "Look, I can live this yeah. lifestyle." But he's what thirty one now. Like at some point, it is going to catch up to him. It just is. It just. I mean, nobody can just keep living that living that life. Uh, living that life. Keith that's... Richards is still alive, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keith Richards is 150 <laughs> yeah. years old and he's done uh, every drug on the planet. And and he still seems like he's got his uh, mental capacity as well. Like, yes. I don't know how he's done. He, he's, <laughs> he has definitely defied the odds. There's no doubt about that, Keith Richards. I, I would say to James Harden, don't try to be Keith Richards, though. You're probably not going to be able to uh, live that life. Um, you make but, a good point. Keith Richards hasn't written satisfaction for like 60 years. He's fallen <laughs> off a little bit. They are they are living off a few old hits, the Rolling Stones. I, was, I saw them once in London. And they were good. <laughs> it's funny, you know, whenever you go and see a band, whenever they say, hey, we're going to play one off our new album, you're kind of like, ah, oh, boo, God. give us the old stuff. Oh, but when I saw the Rolling Stones, I was kind of like, I've heard all these songs so many times. I want something new and I didn't get it, but it was fine. It was fine. You were the one guy yelling for them. Cool story. <laughs> you were yelling for them to play their new stuff. I was saying, play something else. I know this stuff. I know Mick Jagger comes out clapping his hand. He was great, but uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wiggling his little hips like that. Yeah. Like, Looking like Andrew Wiggins <laughs> posing. Ah, man. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Harden, I like this one. I like, it was a bit of a strange one to start with because they lost, but I get all your reasons there, Tass, for James Harden as a winner. And uh, we're going to be firing up 
the emergency podcast. I think somewhat soon here for the James Harden trade. It's it's not going to take long here. It really isn't. Despite what you're saying, Trey, if they have all their guys, they're all playing. They're going to be a good team. That's the crazy part. We said that. That's why they were a tough team to figure out. It's like, if Harden's there for a couple months, the Rockets are still one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They're maybe not a title contender, but they're still so good because he's that good. Um, but I think he's going to be traded here. Uh, somewhat soon. I'm excited. Maybe in the next week or so, but we'll see. Um, Trey, let's keep it going here, though. Who else is a winner of the weekend? I got the Indiana Pacers as a winner of the weekend. Well, they beat the Bulls. Is that impressive? No, but at least they did it in style. They uh, they were leading by 30 against the Bulls on their game on Saturday night, uh, December 26th. December 27th on Sunday. It's getting hard to keep track of these games with them coming fast and furious. A huge yeah. win for the Pacers over the Celtics. And in both games, they were really led by DeMontis Sabonis. New look, DeMontis Sabonis. He's got the center part, master poof hair. He's got a light beard, looking like an 80s TV dad. I'm calling him DeMontis Seaver around here. But I really love his game. Uh, He has a game that's similar to me to Nikola Jokic in that he is able to make an impact from so many different interior places all around the court. He can score and play make from the post. He can do that from the mid post. He can do it off a short roll. He's able to put the ball on the floor a little bit here. It's very interesting to see a big guy like Sabonis, like Jokic, that you can tell grew up a big guy and didn't just suddenly sprout and get huge, right? He wasn't growing up playing as a guard, and then suddenly he's seven feet tall. This guy's dad was huge. He was a big guy in the NBA. He learned to play as a big man, but then added all of these other playmaking skills around him. He had a a massive game-winning take against the Celtics, had a huge flex afterwards. He's been an all-star through the first six ga- or the first three games of the NBA season. I'm just loving what I'm seeing from the Pacers. This is the team that you always want to underrate because you're like, how is this all going to work? They've got a bunch of good players. Maybe they don't have anybody who's great, but the, the whole is better than the sum of the parts. Nate Bjorkren has got them playing well so far. It doesn't look like anything that transpired during the offseason has affected them on the court at all. You know, there's a lot of talk about, is this team gonna fall apart because Victor Oladipo maybe wants to be traded. Maybe Miles Turner is on the trade block again. None of that seems to have had an effect on the Pacers. Great start to the season. Yeah, that uh, game winner task, uh, you know, drew up, drawn up, excuse me, by Nate Brokeren looked very Raptors-like. If you remember the Valanchunas uh, fake uh, dribble handoff there, uh, very, very similar to that play when, when Valanchunas, of course, with the Raptors and Brokeren was on the on the bench there. Nice play call. Nice finish. Uh, went right at Williams, I guess, inside coming over. And yeah, I did the Wolverine flex or whatever people are saying because he's got that crazy look. Great start for Indiana. Yeah, and Nate Bjorkren also beelined it right after the final buzzer. I thought, who is that bald man running to the tunnel, basically? It was like a Buddy Heel takeoff to the tunnel. <laughs> is the Pacers head coach? He's God. Uh, he's got a style unto himself, just like uh, our man Nick Nurse. Uh, I, I think this Pacers team, uh, it, was a, it was a tough tough day watching basketball and i mean that in a very very good way all the talk about the bubble and and the ratings dropping there was 10 games played on sunday if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. and it was just hit after hit after hit after hit there was just good game after good game so by the time it was celtics pacers time i was almost exhausted (laughs) uh but i had to watch this pacers team that without victor oladipo as well in this game uh they're relying a lot on malcolm brogdon who was near a near all-star last year, but did get injured. So uh, a lot of this comes down to Malcolm Brogdon, I think, just staying healthy. Uh, and Because uh, I do believe in, in Malcolm Brogdon, and, and the Pacers are one of those teams that, kind of like the Rockets, I mean, it wouldn't be 
crazy to see them in the top four. Uh, they're that mm-hmm. good. Uh, it also wouldn't be crazy to see them eighth, ninth. Uh, but the injuries are, are playing a are going to play a big factor. But I definitely like this team. I definitely like uh, the way they play. And uh, yeah, they beat that Celtics team. Robert Williams on the floor instead of Tristan Thompson, mm. the champ uh, for that play. Uh, some conversation about that with Brad Stevens, but I think they're trying to push Robert Williams. They're trying to look for that star within their roster instead of having it, having to trade for a, a, like a James Harden. They're looking to to find somebody, but uh, yeah, it was a bit of an odd choice, I think, to to have Robert Williams there. Well, the Pacers, yeah, another another great play, another great game. Lee, I thought you were going to be tweeting about Sabonis missing free throws, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. but they pulled out the victory, so you didn't. Yeah, I, I bet they nearly blew it. They nearly blew he, it on the he missed before. a lot of pretty key free throws. I yeah, mean, he even missed they, the end one on that awesome take. It, yeah. it was funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, they led against the Celtics with about the same amount of time to go, and Terry Rozier stole an inbounds pass, and the Celtics went on to win. The same thing virtually happened last night. Marcus Smart stole the ball off uh, TJ Warren. There was like three guys just basically harassed him, stole oh, yeah. the ball. And put him up, but then and he got uh, away with a double dribble there too. Marcus uh, Smart, did he? I didn't. I missed oh, that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, his uh, shoulder was all buggered too. I don't know if he was struggling yeah. with his one arm, but, but yeah, he. But anyway. Well, but but going back to that's a bonus play to seal it. What I really like is you know he moved quickly. He didn't wait. They were trailing. He didn't wait until the end for the shot clock to be running out to have, have like a step back mid range jump shot for the for the glory. He went straight hard at the basket and got the basket and got the foul. Now, he did miss the free throw, but that's what I'd like to see a little bit more of from teams rather than waiting down because then on the next play, Jason Tatum, to try to win the game, again, he didn't attack the basket. He went for his monster step-back three-pointer. If it goes in, it's like, oh, what a great great shot it is. But I just feel that uh, Sabonis' strength is like, go inside. And, and Jason Tatum should have done the same thing, I think. Attack the basket a little bit more. Try to at least get a foul if you don't get the shot that you want, um, and it didn't work. But Sabonis, you know, one thing he's known for, or his dad is known for, is just being a super strong guy. And Sabonis looks like that as well out there. Like he's not—he's not the biggest guy on the on the in the NBA, but he just looks like he's so strong and that he can just push guys out of the way with his muscle and with his shoulders and chest there. So uh, that's great. But yeah, the Pacers, I mean, you could look and say they've beaten the Bulls and the Knicks and, uh, and you know, so those first two wins, you know, aren't the greatest. But this one against the Celtics yeah. was a tough win, again, especially without Oladipo. Yeah, for sure. All right, who do you have, Lili, for winner of the weekend? Oh, uh, man, uh, the Cavs. I have to say the Cleveland Cavaliers have been <laughs> incredibly fun to watch. They're, they're 3-0. and but on top of that, they have just been fizzing that ball around the perimeter. They lead the league in assists right now at 31.3 assists per game, which is incredible. And they're getting it from everybody. Now, uh, I'll get to the backcourt in a sec, but Andre Drummond's an interesting guy because he is like fourth all-time in 2020s in NBA history. He's the sort of guy who can just go out there and accumulate massive games, but he doesn't do it in a fun way. And that's why I think he gets overlooked a lot of the time because it's like, oh, Andre Drummond gets 20-20, but no one's really cared. Also, he's been playing for the Pistons and, of course, last season uh, briefly with the Cavs. So he hasn't been on big, you know, glorious sort of teams throughout his career. But he's actually playing fun basketball right now at both ends of the floor. Saturday night against the Pistons in overtime, the, the Pistons led by nine points and they led by two points with like 15 seconds to go and Derek Rose had the ball and Andre Drummond stole the ball off him. The, uh, the Cavs go down the other end. Sexton has a beautiful layup to finish it. The Pistons get the ball back. And once again, it's Andre Drummond. Rose kind of bounces it off Andre Drummond's foot and the game goes to double overtime. But the fact is he was there playing defense on the Pistons and the Pistons couldn't have lost this game. They shouldn't have lost this game, yeah. but they did. And so much of it was to do with just the way that Andre Drummond played and hustled on defense. And then on the offensive end, 
that that ball has been moving around and they've been hitting shots and uh, it, it's just been fun to watch. That's that's really what I'm shocked about. I made fun of Cleveland coming in before when we did our season preview, saying, "God, they're boring. There's no one to want to watch. They're not they're not going to win any games." And they've been the complete opposite. A complete yeah. opposite. Uh, fun team. Uh, Darius Garland is one point and 1.7 assists away from averaging 20 and 10 on the season. <laughs> so far, Colin Sexton's averaging 27 points a game. Darius Garland as well is shooting 50, 50 and 100% from the, uh, from on the court. Oh I God. think he's only had like Biggest Darius throws. Garland fan I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, see you later, Nick. Lee is all in on the couch. <laughs> but but honestly, like, you know, I'm, I'm making fun of them here a little bit now, but I will say it's, it's like, it's one thing to win games, which is very important. Obviously the most important thing, but if you can actually play fun, exciting basketball, uh, as well, JaVale McGee is having coast-to-coast he's plays. Hitting he's hitting threes. He's, he's hitting threes. He's throwing up the threes on the way back down the court. Um, and at uh, least he'll laugh when he makes a three. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Jason Tatum baking in that three and then just celebrating with the mean mug. JaVale's laughing, even if he just makes it straight away. He's like, <laughs> back-to-back games for me, JaVale <laughs> McGee. Uh, but listen, They're fun, I- though. They, they, they play fast. And, like, Larry Nance Jr. is a fun run and jump guy. Same with Andre Drummond. Uh, I can't believe it. I'm searching for Darius Garland highlights as well, mate. Crazy stuff. That, that, that backcourt of Sexton and Garland, because Sexton, you know, he had a reputation. Like a lot of rookies, you know, and they, when they start out, they sort of don't play team games. They, they don't understand how to play in the NBA. But in his third season now, he's looking a lot better. He's looking more composed. You know, they take good shots. They move the ball. I mean, JB Bickerstaff, credit to him. He's, uh, he's at least got this team... On the same, uh, on the same field, on the same page, they understand what they have to do, and uh, and again get a couple. And and Philadelphia, no Joel Embiid yesterday, fair enough. But that Ben Simmons was playing. Everyone else was out there for the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers, and they got smoked. They got, they got smoked. smoked, and there was no like the Sixers just didn't care. They were trying to win this game. Cleveland was just much better and much more fun. Yeah, here's the thing with Cleveland too. It's not like Kevin Love is dominating. Like no. he's on that team if you've forgotten and he's not done a whole lot. It's all these other guys. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Porter's even played for them no. uh, this season yet. So there there is another, you know, obviously a guy that they're pretty high on to then work back into the rotation. Yeah, I don't Kevin think Love the Cavs is probably are gonna... out for a couple of games too yeah. by the looks of it now yeah. as well. Um I don't think the Cavs are going 72 and 0, but you're not wrong, they're exciting. They're very very exciting <laughs> right now, which is something you haven't been able to say the last couple of years. And they like Colin Sexton, he went under the radar last year because they were such garbage, but he grew as the season went on. His numbers got a little more efficient, a little better. And so far, you said it. What's he averaging? Like 27 in the 27 game? 27 a oh, game. Man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's got Great. a good sense of humor as well, it seems. He had that take where he did the little rondo where he up fakes a guy. Somebody went flying by him. He scores, and then he runs back down the court. He's just doing this with his arms, raising him up like he keeps faking and faking. He's a, he's a good yeah. meme as well. Yeah. Gotta love yeah. the Cavs. The meme land Cavs. Can't believe it, man. I I will say, I thought the sometimes when you see these jerseys when they're released and then we grade them and we say, oh, that one sucks or that one's okay. But then you see them on the floor, right? And you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't as bad as I first thought. Those ransom note ones are just as bad as we thought. That's the one thing with them. Well, it's on the court too. There's all sorts of stuff on the court there as well. They're so bad, so bad. But they're 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 playing uh, such exciting basketball. I can look past that. Tass, anything to add about the the red hot Cleveland Cavaliers? They're the story of the NBA. I love love watching them. They're they're super 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 exciting. And I wonder if Larry Nance, who's playing a lot more minutes because Kevin Love is out, is a bit of a better fit with Colin Sexton because. He doesn't have to shoot. He's more of just a, hey, I'm just going to rebound and score or, you know, get my points off uh, broken plays and stuff. And Colin Sexton says, all right, more shots for me. 
because uh, mm. he likes that kind of thing. But they're moving the ball, and J.B. Bickerstaff, their head coach, has credited it to the nine months during the pandemic where they weren't playing basketball. They put a lot of time in trying to get to know each other and be buds, and that's led to more assists over mm. three games because last year they didn't pass the ball. It just didn't happen. And and, and Colin Sexton, their point guard, was uh, definitely guilty of that. But through three games... They are a blast. Now they, yeah, they beat Charlotte and Detroit, two teams unlikely to make the playoffs. But then, uh, yeah, that, a really good win against uh, Philadelphia. Doc Rivers a bad day. His his old team got smoked by fifty, the Clippers, which we'll get to, of course. Yeah. And then his new team did the same thing. It felt like it wasn't fifty, but right. it felt like just yeah. there was no chance they were going to beat the Cavs. Yeah, this is going to be a weird season. Let's just uh, admit that. Uh, we're going to have some weird scores. Uh, I think, Trey, you already sort of slipped it in there. I'm already confused as to the schedule because we have these weird back-to-back oh, situations. Definitely. And you're like, hold on, didn't they just play? Oh, yeah. They're going to be playing like two games in two nights or two games in three nights. Uh, we've already had that a couple instances. It's like really just strange to wrap your head around. Um, but I like as an Eastern Conference, excuse me, an Eastern time zone, um, person, all of us, uh, fan, I guess. I'm a fan of the ET time. Um, that we have that we have four teams right now that play in those 7 o'clock starts, play in those 7.30 starts, those first games that are undefeated right now in the Magic, who are 3-0, the Cavs, who are 3-0, the Pacers, who are 3-0, and the Hawks, who are 2-0. Uh, and then you got the Thunder undefeated at 1-0 in the West. But like those four teams... They're, they're fun to watch right now, and of course they're winning games, so it helps the early start times, you know, like with the first game of the night or the first couple games of the night, you're like, oh yeah, because a lot of those teams that I just mentioned before, you were not usually that excited to watch. <laughs> uh, you could say, you know what, I'll start watching around 8 or 8.30, but uh, they, not this season. Is what and I mean. the Hornies. And the Hornets are, you know, they got a victory, and they're my winner, actually. Um, despite not having an amazing record, you'll probably see them near the bottom of most power rankings, I assume, uh, the, this morning when you see them across the Athletic and ESPN and, and Schumann's. I assume they'll be quite low, but I liked what I saw from the Hornets on Sunday because they lost to the Cavs in Thunder, um, but they got a, a must-needed win on Sunday. Gordon Hayward. Showing why he's making the big bucks. Uh, you know, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but 28 points, 7 assists, 6 boards, and a win over the net. So they beat a really good team who had KD plan, had Kyrie plan, uh, and didn't when he left the game because of an injury, but still, they were going for a victory and nearly pulled it out. Charlotte, though, Hayward, 19 times scored or assisted on those 43 baskets from Charlotte. So he did a lot in this one, and uh, again, they needed it, and they're a fun team on League Pass right now. Uh, they were on NBA TV there yesterday, but Eric Collins on the call. One of my favorite play-by-play oh, guys. Great geez. energy. Oh, Just like... like <laughs> <laughs> that, easy, mate. That dunk, though, when Rogier smashed one over Kevin Durant. I mean, he's been fun, actually. Eric Collins has been fun. He was there last year as no, well. No, but it's super important with yeah, no fans. Exactly. You need to have a broadcast duo. Yeah. That, of course, if they're informative, that helps. And Del Curry's a great color guy, but like... You need. I need some energy from a play-by-play, oh, yeah. play, especially when there's no fans, and he brings it, man. <laughs> he, he does. He reminds me of uh, Gus Johnson, like a that, little bit. Where, you know, like every play is just really hyped up. Uh, but he's not like he's a homer, but he's not like just a shocking homer. He does play pay credit to the other team. Yeah, they're not. They're not a homer duo. They're, no, they're not. No. They're just. He's just. He is excited, and uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a fun game, and he brings that energy, man. He's uh, he's a fun listen, and Dell is so smart, and uh, he's low key, I think, as well, Dell. Yep. But, yeah. uh, but he's great as well. So, uh, it's a fun good pairing game. between yeah. them. Yeah, and it was a fun game. And, and Durant missed a baseline jumper, uh, like little pull-up jumper with, what, like seven seconds to go that would have 
well, it could have put it into overtime or something like that. It would have been a nice comeback from the Nets because the Hornets sort of had a little bit of a meltdown late. But, uh, you know, he makes that shot, I don't know, 85 out of 100 times. He got a good look. It's a, it's Kevin Durant shooting over somebody. You're going to live with that. But it didn't drop. But a couple of nice defensive stops, though, from like Biombo, a couple of their other, uh, the Hornets bigs. I say bigs in air quotes because it's a lot of actually smaller guys in there doing the dirty work. So they made it difficult and uh, great game. And Terry Rozier, you said, I want to get to this. Terry Rozier, did he dunk on Kevin Durant? I know we've debated this before. It's one of those weird dunks where the guy's sort of on the fast break. Durant then challenges it. I've always been of the opinion that it's not a dunk on a guy. But I also have to admit that he sort of puts Durant on a poster because you see the snapshot and it it appears that he is sort of dunking on the guy. Well, Trey, what is your opinion on the Rozier dunk specifically? And we've seen many instances of this. Do you count that as dunking on a guy? Did he dunk on Kevin Durant? That's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm with you. If you're chasing from behind and you make the effort to get into the poster, I can at least understand why people would say you dunked on him because you all end up in the same place. But to me, it's kind of like Kevin Durant really didn't have a chance at blocking mm-hmm. that dunk. Mm-hmm. Ergo, he didn't really get dunked on. He got dunked near, but that doesn't sound very good at all. No, <laughs> yeah. no. I, I get oh, he dunked near him. Yeah, I think, bro, I think you got to give it to Rosier. I think that that's a dunk on because KD had a chance to, to block it, and that's why Terry Rozier had to go a little quicker and throw it down. He knew he was coming for him. So there are some breakaways where, yeah, a guy has no shot, but KD wanted that. He wanted that, and Rozier had to change it up. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 Lee, it's, what it's do you not think? weight on uh, Verizal, but who cares? Yeah, I, I agree with Tass on this one because uh, Durant goes for it, yes. and then he kind of, like, tumbles afterwards as well. So it's kind of like it, that momentum carries him through. Like if Durant, because Durant could have easily just sort of said, no, I'm just going to let him dunk. I'm too far away from here. But he went for it and Rozier smashed it. So uh, I give this one to Rozier. I think, I mean, we want it too, don't we? We want the big dunk like that. So let's give it to Rozier. Hey, it was a nice dunk. He had one uh, earlier in the game on nobody, actually. Uh, uh, Terry Rozier on a bit of a fast break dunk. He's averaging scary Terry right now. 27 points per game, 26.7, shooting 52% from the floor and 43% leave from distance on 10 attempts per game (laughs) from from three. And and I think he only went one for seven from downtown yesterday. (laughs) So it just shows he has been hot. He had that 10 in that first game, which was really, really good. Uh, I thought some good minutes from LaMelo Ball too yesterday, actually. Uh, He started to feel a little bit more uh, comfortable out there. He's hit Mm -hmm. a couple of those shots. So... You know, he's going to be a bit... He threw the beautiful this. pass to, that he, led that to the Rosier. That was a great, pass. Like, great yeah. pass. Yeah, really good pass. But th- this game in general, like we're looking at this one on the schedule, I was like, oh, the Nets are going to absolutely murder the Hornets yeah. here because uh, they're going for it. And and again, you, you, I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were on the court at the end of the game. This was not them trying to just like, all right, we can we can mail this one in. They were, they were going for it. They should have gone, though, instead of to Durant, to uh, Timothée Luawu Akabaru. <laughs> I just wanted to say his name, hey, of course, great. but he hit, I think he hit three threes in that fourth quarter. And, Steve uh, Nash and, was uh, pretty and, impressive. Uh, you know, talking about Eric Collins, he was just deflated every time uh, Luawu Kabaru hit one. He's, <laughs> oh, that man, he's been a thorn. <laughs> <laughs> great shooting he came in there. And again, a part of that was the Dinwiddie injury. Um, I actually thought Dinwiddie, I, I hate to be the Bill Simmons uh, body language doctor, but even prior to the injury, I was watching Dinwiddie closely in this one. 
He didn't, I don't know, maybe he's just a, wasn't feeling well overall. I don't know. He just did not seem that into this game. And I, again, am I reading into something? Does, does Dinwiddie know something I don't know with a potential trade coming up here? Or is he already uh, uh, frustrated at all with maybe his sort of role, which is, of course, different now that Kyrie and Katie are there? I have no idea. But, uh, you know, then he tweaks the knee and then he's out. So, I don't know. He just did not seem Dinwiddie-esque to be, like, engaged much in this game from the jump. He needs another chocolate protein bar like Maybe. he used to have Maybe. on the Pistons bench for a little pick-me-up. A little, uh, little, I, little I, I, don't, I don't feel bad for the Nets. They got an embarrassment of riches over there. Uh, I, I just love watching the, the Hornets package, the package there with, yeah, uh, uh, great jerseys. Those teal jerseys have not disappointed when they've been on the floor. Lots of fast break points. This is, I think, the first game where they really pushed it, mm-hmm. and they look like the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have too much <laughs> talent and too much. Uh, they have too much legs and too much calves. Yeah, let's do. Well, they beat them already, right? Cavs beat oh, the Hornets yeah, yeah, already. Sorry, was, did, yeah. That was ugly. The Cavs ran them out of the gym. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're they're good enough. Uh, so I, I'm I'm pumped to see them move, and it's a fun watch. Yeah, with the play by play, Collins and Curry, it's a, it's a nice combination of stuff. They do miss Tyler Zeller. I love saying that. I know nobody really cares. Cody not Zeller? Tyler Zeller. Cody. Cody's out. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Zeller is available. Tyler Zeller is available. He's been released by the Spurs. Bring him in. But Bismack picked it up in this one, but he was, he was slouching the first couple games. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Yeah, it's the still o'clock. odd to see Bismack Biombo closing a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they kicked it to him in the corner, and even yeah. the Hornets broadcasters <laughs> yeah. were like, whoa, whoa. Uh, Bismack was going to shoot that one. That, and I think we all did because he was wide open, obviously. It's Bismack yeah. Biambo standing in the corner. You're not guarding him, but that's a little bit of a scary sight. You got to get Zeller back. But that Need was that also, Zeller. also because the ball was moving around so well. It was kind of like, oh, someone's <laughs> open in the corner. It's like, oh, 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 oh But he had a nice, he had a, he had a nice uh, block on Kyrie Irving, too. Right that was huge. There. Yeah, so uh, yeah, good for the Hornies. Good for the Hornies there. Uh, I wanted to give a little mini winner of the weekend to uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander just to uh, make note of it for Trey. We have a crazy weird bet going that will SGA be an all-star in the next, I guess, two seasons, right? This season and then potentially next season. I think I have that right. Well, good start for him. He hit a game winner, beautiful game winner, where he just came down shook the hell out of one of the Martin twins. He shook one of the Martin twins so bad, the other one fell over. It was nice. He had him stumbling. I don't know if it was Cody. I don't know if it was the other one. Anyway, he just stepped inside the three-point line, splashed the jumper with about a second remaining. So the Thunder pulled out the victory, and uh, they are 1-0 because they've only played one game uh, as of recording this. But in 34 minutes, she had a very, very good line. Uh, didn't shoot all that efficiently, but efficiently, but 24-9-7. and seven. Really, really nice numbers from obviously their star lead guard now with uh, CP3 gone. So just want to just throw that out there. You know, I got talking into the universe here, Trey, because it's a fun, weird bet we got going on. I think that's smart, Skeets, because literally nobody else mentioned it, <laughs> which know. was making me feel pretty good <laughs> about know. the bet. And you say this was beautiful. I think it's only beautiful because Twin Martin went flying because mm. I didn't think this was much of a move from Shea. He just kind of ran at him. He did the... The crossover, the Martin went flying, and Shea to me looked like he was amazed to be wide open. He's like, oh, stumbled a little bit. I guess I might as well just drain this 22 footer. Uh, I think it was mostly bad defense by this Martin guy. Why is he out there? <laughs> yeah. You're paying uh, like $900 million to three perimeter guys, and you're running <laughs> Martin out there to guard him. 
It's it's possible. I, I do think maybe he thought he was driving. I think SGA was going to think about driving, and then you're right. It was like, oh, okay, well, he oh, sort he just of fell stumbled down. <laughs> uh, with that little crossover. That worked. Okay, I'll, I'll splash this jumper. I liked how he reacted, though, Trey. He was uh, stone, stone cold. Face. Uh, stone was, face, for sure. He was stone cold. Uh, so my final question before we go to, to losers here is, I mentioned them, the Magic, Cavs, Pacers, and Hawks, and then the Thunder at 1-0. They're all undefeated. Those are the only five <laughs> teams left in the league undefeated. Uh, Tass, I'll go to you first. Like, what's the most surprising undefeated team? Is it the Cavaliers, who we've talked a bunch about? Is it the Magic? Is it the the Hawks? Where do you go? I, I gotta go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. It almost feels like it's a conspiracy theory. Deep in the queue, uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't feel right that the Cavs are three and zero. It just doesn't feel right. And, uh, yeah, a couple of them were, yeah, not not the best of teams, but who cares? Um, yeah, they're sharing the ball. They look good. Their quote-unquote best player isn't playing uh, in Kevin Love, who's, who's injured now. It's got to be the Cavs for me. Okay. Lili, I assume you're going the Cavs as well. Any love for the Magic being 3-0? and Markel yeah. Fultz has played really, really well. Markel Fultz has been playing very, very nicely. and uh, and uh, But they've beaten the Magic have beaten the Wizards twice as well. There's some bad games uh, for we'll the, get Wizards. To the Wizards. Yeah, we'll get to the Wizards there. <laughs> you know, I'm just seeing actually here, Skeets, uh, apparently Dinwiddie's torn his ACL. Oh, apparently. Oh, no. wow. That's what people serious? are saying in the stream team here from Sham. So, uh, oh, and now, yeah, I'm partially torn ACL in his yeah. right knee, suffered on contact. There's no other structural wow. damage in mm. the knee. Okay. Okay. So I guess he's out, going to be out for a while there. But, uh, yeah, so getting back to your question, yeah, the Cavs for me, because again, you, you come back from nine points down in overtime to win a game. That That's incredible. I mean, nine points in overtime is usually enough for the other team to win. So they did it. And again, Andre Drummond, incredible defense on uh, two possessions in a row on Derek Rose. So give me the Cavs. Okay. Trey, same answer. Is it Cleveland? As How can it not be the Cavs? We were joking about them a week ago. Who's going to be watching them? And now we're raving <laughs> over them. Yeah. Not to mention, they could have been tweet of the night. I saw a tweet from Lee Ellis saying, you're missing out if you're not watching the Cavs. <laughs> oh, you call yourself a Cavs fan? Name these four players. Wrong answers only. Lee, you actually got some pretty solid answers. I did. Our buddy Larry Luke says... Delhi and some fans. Uh, very good. I like uh, the rich man, poor man's. A poor man's Alinek. Rich man's Jokic. Rich man's Delavadova. And a poor man's Jeff Green for LeBron. But by far my favorite answer came from Nick, who says, the middle back is Rob Gronkowski. The middle front is Edward Snowden. Don't know the other two. Here you know, with Lee uh, Ellis out there running the wing. <laughs> but doesn't it just feel so good to be talking about these teams that we normally are just like, there's nothing to talk about with them. You know, like, yeah, like how so many good. times do you want to just be like, ah, oh, the Lakers are awesome. You know, like, let's talk about the Clippers again. Like, it's just, it's just fun to have these teams uh, playing good, fun, exciting basketball and winning these games. That, that's what's great about it because it's like it's refreshing. It's like, great, I'm talking about someone else that I haven't been talking about. Yes. And is it sustainable? Probably not for the Cavs. I mean, I, I mean that with respect. I mean, I think they, they're, they're going to be better than they were last season. I still think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs, but let's just enjoy it while we can because uh, basketball is fun and watching them as play is fun right now. Yeah, okay. in the stream team, Jake7969 says, you guys are just prisoners of the moment. You won't feel the same way about the no. Cavs in two weeks. LOL. No, of course yeah, not. Jake, that's why we're talking about them now before we all forget about them. They're balling. We like things. That's the whole point, Jake. Jeez, keep up, State Farm. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right. Uh, NBA weekend losers. I'll get us started because there's a very obvious answer to the biggest loser from the weekend. On Sunday, the Clippers lost to the Mavericks 124 to 73. It was their worst loss in franchise history. This is the Clippers we're talking about. They do not have a great history when it comes to uh, winning games or even in the loss department. I can't believe it's their worst ever, but that's true. Dallas led 77 to 27 at the half. That's a 50 point margin. Largest halftime deficit in NBA history. Uh, no surprise there. Shit was so bad. I know you guys, I'm sure, saw the <laughs> tweets going around. It's amazing, though. You have to wrap your head around this that it was so bad at the half task that the Mavs could have gone scoreless. They could have not scored themselves in the second half and still won by four points with what the Clippers ended up doing in their second half. That is... I don't believe that. That's wild. Wild. <laughs> 77 to 27 in the half. Now, Paul George, um, he took full responsibility. He did say that, but then he had to add more because he's Paul George. You know, it's, it's like this is a classic PG sort of like foot in his mouth type of thing where it's like, just stop after I take full responsibility. We played like garbage. But he said this. Tough situation, being on the road on Christmas, okay? I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas yesterday, and that was the reason for a sluggish day. So he sort of was saying that maybe we got absolutely waxed because we didn't celebrate Christmas with the families until Saturday um, after they had played in Denver. So then that we have, like, a, you know, this is sort of what happened here. Uh, you know, we, we were celebrating a day later, and then we come out and we just get destroyed. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't mind that excuse. Okay. Yeah, they played on the road Christmas Day. They got back to Los Angeles 3.30 a.m. Right. Then they go and celebrate Christmas. They have a Christmas hangover. They have a, a bad day early start. It's just like our show on Boxing Day on the, on December 26th. A little sluggish, you know, coming out to shoot. <laughs> That's understandable. And and Dallas was in Los Angeles for four days because they played the Lakers and was, were just sitting there raring for their first win. Right. 50's a lot, though. 50's a lot. No Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he didn't play in this one after uh, getting the stitches to his mouth. He sat this one out uh, from the game prior. But, yeah, I don't care who's playing. It is weird to see a team down 77-27, to 27, Lee, at the half. I was not watching this one. I think it was on NBA TV. But I started seeing the tweets, and uh, somebody texted me, too. You see the score of this game? I'm like, 
I was like, there's no way that's real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually opened the NBA app and it was something like 67 to 21 or something. And I was like, oh, there's this glitching. <laughs> so I went into the tweets to oh, see. Cute Steve, it's <laughs> glitching. Oh, I, I thought, well, there's something, there's, there's clearly something wrong here. But then I went on the tweets and people just lighting up the clippers. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, any lead is, uh, no lead is safe is the old cliche in the that's NBA. That's not true, though. <laughs> that one is. <laughs> When you're up 50 at the half, that one's safe. Oh, yeah. yeah. ESPN gave them a 0.4% chance to win at half. Oh, wow. 0.4. So you're saying there's still a chance. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, What did they ever end up cutting it to? Like 41 or something? Something like that. I don't know. It it does show that there is still a bit of that, hey, Clippers, we give up, still in them a little bit from last year's postseason. It's still there, just, uh, just a little bit. Like there isn't an excuse for that. It's just that there, it, that's that's part of the DNA, Clipper DNA, a little bit. The Mavericks admitted too, like after having lost to them in the playoffs, like there was like a little revenge on their part, and they needed a win because they they hadn't had one up until that point. So it was the perfect storm uh, right after Christmas. There, Paul George must have got the PlayStation Five and put in tons of hours on that. <laughs> oh yeah, they all did get a PlayStation. <laughs> that's 5, right. Didn't yeah. they? Didn't Balmer buy them one? Oh, it's his fault. Uh, okay, Tass, let's go to you next. A loser of the weekend because the Clippers were an obvious one well it's the washington wizards for me uh they're now zero and three and and it's especially up against a lot of talk about russell westbrook playing so good through the first two games because he had triple doubles but he's not playing well he's not playing well defensively which everybody sort of expects with russell uh and he's only shooting 36 percent from the floor and he hasn't hit a three this season and he rests game number three of this season because it's a back-to-back uh so they're up 17 points in this game. Looks like they're getting their first win. They lose to the Magic. Uh, they give up that lead. And it's worrisome, uh, I, I think, because, you know, they make this big move. They give up Wall in a first-round pick for Russell Westbrook. And it's not quite the Rockets giving up Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, but I'm starting to think that if the Wizards could have this trade back, it's not there yet, but they would think about bringing back Wall in the first-round pick because... Uh, I know Westbrook is going to you know, bounce back from this 36% shooting to start the season. He's, he's better than that. But at some point, that athletic body is not going to be that athletic body, whether it's next year or the year after that. Um, I wonder. I wonder at what point they would think, oh, man, this isn't good. Why, why, would, why did we, number one, give up a pick? Number two, trade away our franchise guy and John Wall for this. Uh, it's, not, it's just not not going well especially with a lot of eastern conference teams showing that they can make the push for seven through ten where the wizards are trying to push through yeah. uh push four i should say and and forget seven through ten it's more like eight through ten there's seven really good teams at the top of the eastern conference it's not going to be easy and and it's not a guarantee it's not a lock that bradley beal is going to stick around because maybe they finish 10th um, bradley beal is still awesome uh the rest of their team is, is doing okay they've got injuries um, but you can't give up leads like this, and and Russell hasn't been great, and he's sitting already, which is I know he did last year as well. But that was you know they knew that they were going to win games uh, on the Houston Rockets. He sat back to backs last year too, but uh, you know they've lost to Orlando twice, yuck, and uh, they lost to Philly, which it was a close game, and yeah. and, and Russell's going to give you opportunities to win here, but an zero and three start. Uh, I'm, you know, it's 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 one of those things. First week of the season, yeah, the Cavs are going to come back to earth. Will the Wizards be good 
uh, will they, you know, uh, kind of shed this and be a lot better? I'm not so sure. I, I think the East is tough. So I, I don't like the, the sign going on here with, with Russell's shooting, his defensive uh, abilities not showing up here, and uh, just not being uh, a real cohesive team here through three games. I don't think Scotty Brooks has figured out what the hell he's doing either here, like or who he's playing. Like, why? Maybe maybe he's injured. I don't know something. Maybe it's conditioning reason. Davis Bertans is not playing a lot of minutes. <laughs> uh, like that was a great example. He played like 19 minutes. This is a guy that you just gave massive amounts of money to. Um, even Troy Brown, like he's figuring out Avdia, who's starting. I think he's he's trying to figure it out. I get it because you've got a whole new roster here when, with the Westbrook trade, but uh, he's better hurry it out quick because it's going to get late early here, as the saying goes, uh, because of this shortened seventy-two game season. And as you said, Tess, all these teams that are sort of all lumped together, these are going to be important like losses or wins if if you're on the flip side of it between like a team like the Magic and the Wizards. Let's be honest; those are two teams that are like going to be in the same ballpark likely. Um, so to lose two of them here early on. Uh, yeah, not not good. And I mean, it doesn't help when your own guys are dunking on your own team. Put nice putback <laughs> from Thomas Bryant. Uh, though I did like uh, Robin Lopez's no look shot. <laughs> no doubt, that was this was, was a hilarious weekend series. This is one of the ones that it's hard to keep straight. Where you're like, wait, the Magic and Wizards played each other twice on back to back nights. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Thomas Bryant, like you're saying, he had a lot of dunks in these two games. One was on his <laughs> own team. Robin Lopez, he made a bunch of hooks during these two games. One of them was when he was falling over. Terrence Ross had that great face when Bradley Beal yep. was complaining to the referees. I was watching some highlights of this this morning. Isla says to me, there's lots of people falling over in this game. I'm like, you're exactly right. That's what's happening. This was a weird set of matchups, but the Wizards made the Magic look really good offensively, which is not yeah. an easy thing to do. You know, the Magic, it seemed like we're a cut above the Wizards. I think they're kind of in the same ballpark as well, Skeets, but... The Magic play defense, the Wizards do not, which means that the Wizards, or wait, then the Magic can then play offense against the Wizards. You should not be giving up 120 and 130 to a team that was 23rd in offense the season before. Especially when you give up 43 points on the second night of a back-to-back, when you desperately need that win. You you had a chance to to at least draw that series even there uh, with the Magic, and they couldn't do that, the Wizards. But um, yeah, I mean, they're just bad. They're just bad. And Bertans, I'm glad you brought him up there, Skeets, because in the first game, he had 14 points. In the last two games, he's had combined 14 points. Yeah. And the other criticism I had of him is why, when they gave him that big uh, contract was like, he's like Andrew Wiggins. Like, what else is he going to do if that shot's not falling? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, um, you know, and, and when Westbrook's out, that's like, okay, Bertans, you can score. You can shoot. Go and do something, you know, and he couldn't do anything. So, uh, but also the magic. Practice your free throws, kids. 37 for 38 from a the line yesterday. from the line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> there uh, it is. They sealed it. But, but again, it, it didn't feel like this was a huge fourth quarter comeback here from the Magic yesterday where they just were on fire and everything was going for them. They just kind of went down, scored again and again and again and won this game pretty easily. And that's <clears> the problem there with the Wizards. Defensively, there was just no resistance at all. There was no like, listen, we're going to be 0-3 if we don't win this game tonight. Let's make sure we close it out. Instead, it was just kind of like the the Magic were like, all right, we're going to win this game now. See you later. And that's what happened. Trey, who do you have for loser of the weekend? Well, Skeets, it was a loser bowl Sunday <laughs> yesterday. We had the Chicago Bulls coming in on a two-game losing streak where they trailed by 40 and 30 in their two games. They were facing the Warriors, who were on a, their own two-game losing streak, where they trailed by 43 and 38 in their two losses. The Bulls somehow had a 10-point lead in this game. 
Of course, they blew it. And then they gave up a game winner, not to Stephen Curry, to Stephen Curry's brother-in-law. Not even to Stephen Curry's brother. To his brother-in-law, Damian Lee, hitting the game-winning three from the top of the three-point line. You know, this was despite the fact that they lost to a Warriors team who has looked like perhaps the worst team in the league to start the season. This was the best game the Bulls have played so far. There were signs of life from Lowry Markinen before he got hurt. Wendell Carter had a good game. Zach Levine had a good game. Kobe White had a good game, but the Bulls turned the ball over so many times. This is a Warriors team that should not have been in the game with how well the Bulls were playing, and they just dominated in the second half specifically. Steph Curry was balling. Skeets, you launched the hashtag after Wednesday night's game one for the Bulls. Hashtag pray for Trey. It's going to be a long season. I mean... I don't know. Uh, After they lost on night one, when they were trailing by 40, I said, you know, the Bulls probably aren't the worst team in the league. They'll be in the mix for the first pick because of the lottery odds, but they're probably not the worst team in the league. I'm ready to reevaluate. They might be the worst team in the league. Oh, my goodness. Their guard defense is so bad. And that's like, that's maybe, like, how is Wendell Carter supposed to guard anyone when every guard (laughs) is just in the lane all the time? All the time. It doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. I hope the Bulls win some games this year. (laughs) I I was just happy, of course, as a Raptors fan, that they lost their game on Saturday, didn't play on Sunday. They're 0 for 2. I was like, ah, that's good. This is good. We we won't have to talk too much about the Raptors. Then I was even more excited when I knew the Bulls fell to 0 and 3 after a Damian (laughs) League game winning. I was like, okay, now Trey's going to have to bring up the Bulls. I was like, all right. Whew, off the hook for at least one night here with the Raptors uh, struggling to stop anyone as well because their defense is uh, missing in action down there in, uh, in Tampa. But yeah, bad uh, bad loss there uh, at the end. Nice, nice, nice play call from, uh, well, one of the Steves, uh, Steve <laughs> Kerr. Uh, going to Lee, uh, or he was like, oh, I'm just going to take it, because uh, he would actually had hit three prior, and then that was his fourth one that he knocked in. So it was nice to see Curry get going for Warriors fans because... Uh, it, it's not like Wiggins and Ubre Jr. were lighting it up once again. I don't know if that stat is still true with Ubre Jr. that he hasn't hit a shot outside of a dunk. It's true uh, through three games. Oh my god, that's I think he's, a, I think he's bo- over thirty-one on non-dunk yeah, field right? goals and something Ooh. like that. Yeah, you yeah. see the Bulls broadcast burying the Warriors yes. there, replacing Clay with bricks yeah. in the photos <laughs> of Kelly Ubre and Andrew Wiggins. Yikes! Easy Bulls too. It's not like you're lighting up <laughs> the league. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, it's nuts. It is nuts. I, I was worried after the Warriors' first couple games that this was going to be the Warriors of last year. I was going to be peering into my television. Who the hell is that guy? Kai Bowman, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Who is that? And that's what I was doing when Damian Lee hit that three. Who was that who hit that shot? Uh, but he's a nice reclamation project. It, it is like Seth Curry coming back, uh, rehabbing his uh, his reputation around the league. He's coming coming in and, and hitting big shots. Uh, so the Warriors get a, a much-needed win while the Bulls, yeah, they can't stop anybody. Maybe Kobe White is destined to be a sixth man in this league because that just feels right. Like, they're pushing, yeah, we got this young guy who can obviously score, but maybe Tomas Sadoransky is their answer, at least staying in front of a guy because he's six. Whatever. I think I think I think I think Sanaransky actually hit the backboard on his last heave, too, last night there. I mean, it was... Oh, uh, oh yeah, the full court, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, the Bulls nearly pulled that one off. Oh, my God. This game was going in the loser of the weekend for sure because <laughs> if it was the Warriors, if Damian Lee misses that shot, right. congratulations, you lost to the Bulls. No, you're the losers of the yes. weekend. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, though. It's, mm. uh, it's a disaster. It really is, especially like you're talking about maybe Kobe White is a sixth man. Zach Levine had a good game, but neither of those guys are getting the big guys involved at all, right? Like, they're, you're not really able to determine – how good is Lowry and How good is Wendell Carter Jr.? They never get the ball in places where they're going to be comfortable scoring or places where they can make plays as big guys. They're kind of just feasting on scraps if they ever get to feast at all. How do you, you – the Bulls need to bring in somebody who just passes the ball. Thomas Sadoransky was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be the guy who set everybody up last season. He fell out of the rotation. It was good to see him back in the mix, but uh, I don't know. They stink. Yeah. And then, and then that and then that that does bleed its way into the other side of the floor too the defense like you're totally. saying like why like these big guys are like having to like scrap for 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 any little offense they can get because their guards just take every shot and it's like well I mean am I gonna give like bust my ass on the other end of the floor like Boylan's not here he's not gonna make me do push-ups anymore it's like uh, I don't know it's a yeah, rough, rough start for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I was feeling for you there. Hashtag Kate, pray for Trey. Cade in the sights right now. Yeah. That's Are you fading for Cade? Fade for Cade? Is that what they're saying? I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Not really. Right. Fade to the bottom of the... Hey, man, it's pray for Trey as far as I'm concerned. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot more. Okay, Lee, let's uh, wrap this up. Who do you have for a loser of the weekend? Well, unfortunately, it goes to Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who had gotten off to a good start winning their first two games over the Pistons and Jazz, but uh, Towns left that game against the Jazz... Uh, with a with a dislocated left wrist, which he which he injured when he went up for a dunk and landed badly. Now this was the uh, the wrist he had surgery on last season, but apparently he won't require surgery this time. He's on a sort of week to week schedule, is the latest we've heard. Which is yeah. uh, it's a it's uh, I mean a dislocation is 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 a weird sort of injury. Like I don't know how long that is going to keep him out for. Um, the good news, I guess, is that it's not his shooting hand, so perhaps he can get back a little bit sooner. But uh, obviously, for the Timberwolves, they're another team that uh, desperately needs to be competing for the playoffs early into this season. And uh, as I say, good win, a very impressive win over the Jazz on on Saturday. I think it was Saturday, yeah. And um, Anthony Edwards, a rookie, looked quite good. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some some positives there for uh, Minnesota. But when they lose Towns, clearly their best player, their franchise player, if he is out for you know, let's say three weeks, uh, they could really find themselves in a hole already into this season. So hopefully he won't. There appears to be quite a bit of optimism around this injury, but again, a dislocation just sounds... Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it sounds bad. So uh, until we hear more uh, information about how long he'll be out for, uh, you just have to sort of feel for the Wolves. They, they got absolutely murdered last night by the uh, Lakers who were missing Anthony Davis. But even, even if Towns was playing, I think the Lakers probably still win that game. But... There were some positive signs coming out of Minnesota, and uh, now this is just another uh, another step back for them, unfortunately. That sucks, I know. I, and we were all rooting, of course, for Carl Anthony Towns coming into the season with the tragedy that he had in the offseason. He had gotten off to a decent start, for sure, like you said, and they had picked up some victories. It's just a bummer. And, like, yeah, they're spinning it. I mean, I hope. I, I hope it's not spin, but it's like they're saying the injury is in a different spot because he had season-ending surgery on his left wrist last year. Um, and you said it, they don't have to get... They don't think they're going to have to get surgery this time. That's good uh, with a wrist. But, 
I mean, when Woj is saying, like, we're going to, they'll be reassessing, or the Wolves are saying we'll be reassessing in weeks, like in the week time. I mean, that's not, mm. that's not good. That makes you think he's going to miss a week or two minimum. Um, and it probably be, will be more. So that's a, that's a bummer. That's a, an unfortunate loser of the weekend. I hear what you're saying there. And then I guess we got this Dinwiddie news as well. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, is it a game changer? They're such a deep team. That's a tough loss. I mean, uh, if he is out for significant significant time, and then you wonder if that has any impact on any potential trade that they were in the um, works of, of cooking up here because Dinwiddie would have likely been moved, right, Tass? Yeah, and Shams is, is tweeting he is expected to make full recovery before next season. So that's a long oh timeline. That is not going to be a short one. Uh, definitely a different tone than Towns' injury where, yeah, Woj is saying it's weeks, but they're optimistic it could be short. Well, Dinwiddie... Well, that was quick, uh, going from a partially torn ACL to coming back next season. And, uh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough, yeah. And if it affects trade, sure. Um, but it's, he's, he's a key player for that team. You know, when it comes down to you need five guys that can make a shot when it comes down to playoff time, and that stinks. Yeah, for, for sure. For Do we have a, does Shams have an update on uh, referee JT Orr? Who injured himself in uh, was that the Hornets game? Uh, yeah. Did you see that? That was weird to see a, a ref go down holding the back of his leg, and everyone's like, DeAndre Jordan was like so concerned that he was yelling at like a like a Nets assistant or some ball boy to like help carry the ref over to the to the seat uh, on the baseline, and they were all looking at him, and it didn't look good. I think he tore. It looked like he mouthed like it popped. Is what I saw, Tass. I know you read oh, the lips. But... You're reading the lips yeah, of the referees. Yeah, yes, yeah, baby. Skeets is in. Someone read lips. Someone came over and uh, like tapped on his shoulder, and I, I saw it popped. And of course, I'm oh. looking at the yeah the, the hand yeah. Hand first, he, whatever. He was holding it. He was he was dragging that thing, uh, and, and so it felt like yeah, it was serious. You know, sometimes it's it's a, a dehydration, a cramp issue. Yeah, I thought there. it might be at first, uh, but, but it kind of looked like somebody slashed him like he was bobby or out there and somebody took out his calf and we started the show with a little hanky why not why not a little hacky here but yeah maybe it's maybe it's uh bigger hopefully jtr gets back no report from shops quite yet okay not yet not yet we'll keep our eye on the jt or news i don't know if you have them in your uh, uh fantasy basketball referee league oh thanks for reminding me i'm gonna put him to the bench okay good 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 <laughs> Who are you going to be looking at to pick up in his place? Uh, I don't know. Steve Javi might have to come off the line. <laughs> He's been down for a decade, but uh, he can come back. He's All been right. back. We've been seeing Steve Javi again. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have him back in our lives as I roll my eyes. Uh, okay, so those are our winners and losers in the NBA weekend. I know we missed some, so let us know. Tweet at us at No Dunk Sync or let us know uh, right now in the YouTube comments. Shout out to the stream team. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Trey, you have Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night! It's a tweet, it's a video. It's on the internet, so it counts as Tweet of the Night. Comes to us from Switch Cultures via overtime. It's Dwayne Wade battling his son Zaire in a one-on-one game. This is just a great watch. I've never played that game of basketball. Go back and watch. First of all, you had the most fouls I've ever seen in a quick game of one. Oh, yeah, whatever. I got the most points you've seen, too. <laughs> so oh, wow. good, man. The trash I love talk. Everything them. about that. Uh, uh, the, the end when Zaire's like, play me in all jumpers. Wade says, I've never played all jumpers. He's right, man. Go watch the highlight tapes. Dwayne Wade's living in the lane. There's also that great moment uh, when Wade scores some other post up. Over, over him, and then he bends over. He's like too small. I'm like, this is this is awesome. There's nothing better than trying to beat your dad at one on one, especially when he's beating you every single time. I didn't beat my dad until he was literally 50 years old. <laughs> he retired the next day. He d- hasn't played basketball since I beat him on one on one. I go, I guess he was just waiting for that. I don't know what wow. it is, but this was throwing me back, battling against somebody who knows every single move you've ever done. It's impossible, and it's fun. But I also love it, too, because there's the frustration from Zaire, like, oh my hey, goodness. you're just taking me to the post every time. I mean, <laughs> yep. you get the jumper in his face. But he's like, do something else, do something else. And then the counter is like, why would I do something else? You I can score every it. time doing this. Yeah, I love tiny. everything about it. Great parenting. I'm not a parent, but great parenting in my books. He's uh, he's really taken a Dennis Rodman approach with his hair in his retirement, Dwayne Wade, hasn't yeah, he? Like, every cool time you see him, he's got some different color in there and... He's, uh, he's getting the beard sort of coming in as well. Like, he's, uh, he's he's living life. He's living life. He's actually moving pretty well as well. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, someone tried to get him on a roster again too. <laughs> I mean, he's in great shape. Great shape. Steve Javi and Dwayne Wade coming back same week. <laughs> wow. If Dean Wade gets injured, just sub him right in. <laughs> uh, that was amazing. I had not seen that. That was phenomenal. Now, the, the countdown happening from whoever – 
are they running like a 24 second shot clock and that's the end of it no, or are they I think, like I 10 think, seconds yeah. four three yeah. two one let's get this over with that is awesome the way just giving it to him the trash talk uh throughout that's freaking great that's great that kid's gonna love him for it one day not now especially with the crowd like the crowd watching too like i wasn't ready for that the first time i watched it when it pans over and there's like 10 people watching them play one-on-one it's like he's right there it's like yeah i know he's not as big but you know as girthy as d wade but it seems like he can deal with him in the post Mm -hmm. he's, he's pretty big yeah, he gets that block out on the wing, and it's very funny to hear everybody in the gym's like, "Ooh, good block, good block! You yeah. actually got one there, man. Nice job." <laughs> but I, I didn't know. I noticed it the second time watching it because I had watched it prior to this. I feel like Wade says after he gets blocked, "You got me on the arm." Oh yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure he says oh, that, yeah. and then Zaire's like, it, "It doesn't look like he did." It look clean. Like, yeah. Oh man, what a great clip! Two great clips because we didn't even talk about the Curry one that was making the rounds this weekend of him hitting. Uh, what was it, 105, 105. consecutive mm. three-pointers? Lee, I thought for sure you were going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, from the That's corner there. Uh, yeah, it's it's robotic. It's just like the same over and over and over and over again. I didn't count swishes, but I, I'd say there's probably 75% just clean swishes too. Beautiful. Or freshes, as my uh, eight-year-old calls them when we play out the back. He calls them fresh. <laughs> freshes. Yeah, oh, and, I'm, like and I'm in on it now. Yeah, so am I. Like, oh. it's a fresh... Very nice. So, yeah, I, I might have to put a, get a little video of me playing my eight-year-old this afternoon, like D. <laughs> oh, yes. Put him in the basket. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you always miss layups, so that's going to be a weird thing. Yeah, I'll take, I'll, ta- I'll take him in the post, though. It's all right. I got, I've, got, I've got the Boban le- uh, stretch over him right now, so. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, let's get to pick results. We're picking uh, from Saturday night's game, because we had the Saturday show on Boxing Day there. Uh, Tass and I took the Knicks. Uh, plus eight and a half. We said, watch out. The Knicks are going to keep it close versus the Sixers. Well, we had the wrong game because the Knicks went on to beat the Bucks on Sunday. But Philly uh, easily covered. That's a victory for Trey and Lee. Lee, you're perfect. You are the Cleveland Cavaliers right now in the pick and battle. You're 3-0. and oh. Trey's 2-1. and one. Tass is 2-1. and one, And I'm 2-1. and one. So it's a nice little battle. Uh, Tass, only five games on, I think, tonight. So uh, not as many. But what are we picking from? Yeah, there's a doubleheader on NBA TV, some juicy ones, Nets, Grizzlies, Blazers, Lakers, but I'm going to LP, League Pass, Houston at Denver, because the Nuggets are desperate for a win, they're 0-2, and they're 7.5 point favorites at home against the Rockets, who are without John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Eric Gordon, because of contact tracing, Uh, so it'll be James Harden out there, Mm -hmm. he doesn't miss games, he went through his quick quarantine, Uh, he is good to go. Seven and a half points, a lot of points against James Harden, it feels like right mm. now. But the Nuggets are desperate. Lee, who start with you. Who do you got? I was so impressed by James Harden on uh, Saturday night. I, I think they're going to cover that spread. So uh, I'll take the Rockets and send the points. Skeets? That's tough. This is a good one. Um, I'm going to go Denver. Uh, the, the desperation is there. Uh, Jamal Murray, he had a brutal, what, game one got it going in the second half of game two so maybe it's right there from the jump to pair with Jokic give me Denver winning by eight points or more Trey yeah it's a little bit big of a line for me just like a big waistline on James Harden <laughs> give me the Rockets to cover wow, wow. Or, mm. eat it whatever you Tash, want to call it where are you going? yeah yeah they'll cover if they cover seven 
Seven or less. I'm going with the Nuggets. Maybe we get a bit of this uh, Mavs angry after a couple losses. Mm. The Nuggets could be angry after a couple losses here, so I'll take them to cover. We get, we're get we split again. We're split exactly as we were on Saturday. Tass and I have Denver winning by eight points or more, and uh, Lee and Trey have the Rockets to cover. Okay, that's it for today. Fun show. Love a Monday podcast where we do the NBA weekend winners and losers. Thanks for joining us. If you did live on YouTube, you know, subscribe. Subscribe, like, comment, hit that notification button. Keep sending your emails in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at nodunksinc. Tass, remember, you said that little shuffle app. Go download it. Find No Dunks. Make your little clip of any of our shows from the past calendar year. And then share it on your socials and tag us at nodunksinc on Twitter and Instagram. And it can be as simple as that to win yourself some... uh, some free no dunk swag so uh, go do that highly recommend you do that all right clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember steph curry's pr for threes is 105 straight so let us know on our no dunks account how many is your pr lie to us please let us know show us <laughs> oh, some yeah. videos as well Lee, that's the video i want to see today how many threes you can make don't worry about putting your son in the basket let's see how many threes you can make well my personal record is 13 from the corner actually in the nba tv studio <laughs> <laughs> embrace the day people <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.